Broadcasting from high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, this is KZMU News. I'm Emily Arntzen. On the program today, we have the weekly newsreel, where we check in with reporters on their latest stories from the Moab area. Today, we cover new city construction projects, speculative mining activity at the Yellow Cap Mine, a new documentary about a local base jumper who took his first jump after a severe injury, and an op-ed about what really happened with the rezoning process for the property now under construction down Cane Creek Boulevard. Sophia Fisher of the Times Independent starts off with the city's new construction projects. Yeah, Moab City is gearing up to launch into two really big construction projects this year. That's going to be the Downtown Dispersed Parking Project and the Cane Creek Boulevard Reconstruction Project. Okay, so the Cane Creek Reconstruction project different from the other Cane Creek development that's happening, just so everybody's clear. Unrelated to the Cane Creek development, yeah. correct. Okay, so they're going to be fixing up that street that sort of runs toward Cane Creek, starting at 191, going past kind of the movie theater area. Is that right? Yep, all the way up to its intersection with 500 West. Okay, so what are they planning to do more specifically? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of repaving. I'm sure as folks have noticed, there are potholes like all over the place and the road is like half gravel in places. So, you know, repaving, I'm sure looking at the infrastructure and utilities, you know, underneath the road as well, just to make sure all that's set up well. You know, they're going to be setting up new sidewalks that pedestrians have better access. A lot of the sidewalks right now are buckled and cracked. Um, And they're doing what's called like a complete streets, like revision, essentially. So they're also going to be making sure it's a very usable and accessible place for uh, all sorts of folks, not just those driving cars. So that will include, you know, they're going to be setting up like shade trees and part uh, like benches along the side of the road and things like that, much better crossing areas for pedestrians to ensure that it's it's safe for everybody. Okay, nice. And then the other project that they're going to be working on is dispersed parking throughout downtown Moab. Yeah, what's going to be going on with that project? Exactly, yeah. So if you can envision the way the street looks in front of the Grand County Public Library um, or on 100 East between Center Street and 100 North, like where the county building is, uh, a firm is going to be making a lot more streets downtown look like that, where there is this center parking and then also maybe parallel parking on on the side of the road as well, depending on space. Um, This is something that is being funded largely by the state, by hotspot funding. It'll be happening on uh, several blocks downtown. Construction is also going to be starting on February 5th, actually, so it's coming up. And in total, they'll be building close to 200 parking stalls on a bunch of blocks near downtown. Okay, so this is when cars park kind of diagonally in the middle of the street, just so everyone can imagine what we're talking about, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of just a function of having these really wide streets and not enough parking and then being able to utilize like that middle area. Exactly, yeah. So one of the big purposes of the project is to add parking um, downtown. If folks remember, this project came about after the city scrapped plans to build a downtown parking structure a couple of years ago. So this is the alternate plan to add parking and also should, you know, slow down cars and hopefully make it easier for pedestrians and bikers and things like that as well. All right. What else happened this week in Moab that you want to talk to us about? Uh, We have a really interesting report on A1 this year. A1 this week about the Yellow Cat mining area. Uh, As folks may know, this is north east of Arches National Park, northeast of Moab, and it hasn't been really used by many people in a long time slash used in any sort of industrial sense, but there's a chance it springs back to life as uranium prices have risen recently. Okay, so this is an old uranium mine. There's a bunch of old prospecting facilities out there, a lot of old prospecting tools and mining tools. Who's trying to revive this area? Yeah, potentially Anson Resources, which if that sounds familiar, that's the same company that is doing lithium exploration up on Big Flat and by Green River. Right. Um, And they also tried to stake some claims, I think, on 313 
out to Island in the Sky, but were denied by the BLM. I think that happened last year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They um, they submitted, I think they were originally approved to do some drilling in two wells right off of 313. And then the BLM actually reversed its approval after SUA challenged the environmental analysis. Yeah, so Anson put out a press release that they might be doing some development in the area. A lot of these companies kind of do this. They put out a press release to get investors interested. Um, were you able to get in touch with Anson at all and see how how real this claim is? Yeah, yeah. So um, Gwen Dilworth, a uh, lovely former colleague who just left uh, this past week who wrote this story, she was able to get in touch with a representative from Anson who told, told her that um, the company is conducting surveys but no decisions been made on actual like development of like a uranium mine in the area, which is a little bit contrary to the October press release sent out, which said that, you know, the company has accelerated its exploration drilling program. Um, so it's, you know, it's unclear at the moment if uh, there will actually be mining happening. Um, the BLM and a state agency said they haven't received any notice from Anson about any exploratory drilling in the area. Okay. So right now it seems to be definitely a little more speculative. Mm -hmm. Did you talk to anyone who seems actually concerned about this or do people mostly think this is just speculation? Definitely. Um, Gwen was able to speak with Sarah Fields, who's the program director of Uranium Watch. And, you know, she said that mining companies do have this history sometimes of getting people really excited about their activities and then never actually following through because it doesn't work out for some reason or another. Uh, but Sarah did say that she does have concerns about surface disturbance, the potential for groundwater contamination. Uh, and then additionally, Steve Block, who's the legal director for the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, um, is also not jazzed about this proposal. You know, he noted that Yellow Cat is right on the doorstep of Arches National Park, and SUA also hopes the area will eventually become a congressionally designated wilderness area. So he's certainly concerned about potential uh, resource development there. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess this is all just tied in with a lot of other sort of mining and, you know, lithium and uranium exploratory development that's happening in the region, too. I know a lot of stuff is happening in Green River right now. They're proposing a new mill up there. So totally. something to keep an eye on, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else happened this week that you want to talk to us about, Sophia? Yeah, we have a report on local base jumper Ian Machard, who recently returned to base jumping after suffering a really severe injury from a jump in 2019. So what happened in 2019? Yeah, he was taking a like a paragliding jump off of um, Castleton Tower and a strong wind and an incomplete turn forced him to crash into the ground. Um it sounds like he was in extreme pain for hours while waiting for folks to rescue him. And, you know, he said the doctor kind of looked at his injuries and said he hadn't seen anything like that before. Um, wow. It was really, really severe. Um, um, what, I mean, can you tell us or is it too gruesome? Like what happened? Uh, according to Ian, we have a quote from him saying that his legs, when he hit the ground, his legs kind of went through his feet and hit the oh ground, which God. I don't. Yeah, it's okay. really serious. Wow. Okay, um, so horrific accident in 2019, and now he's back at it. How did it go, his first base jump back? Yeah, just a couple of years later, he was able to take another jump again off of Castleton Tower. Um, he said it was amazing. He said, you know, it was it was scary coming back there, but once he jumped, it kind of felt like he had returned home, like he knew what he was doing. Um, and there's a new film about it called Back to Normal that's on a YouTube channel about it um, that was just released on January 31st. 
Yeah, and just to clarify, so he he took his first base jump after the accident, 11 months and 14 days after the accident, so just under a year. Um, and then in 2022, um, a director and a producer actually contacted him to document his first wingsuit base jump since the accident. Uh, and that was that's what resulted in the film, which came out January 31st. Okay, so the news is that the, the movie's out now, the documentary. Um, mm-hmm. He did do this jump a couple years ago, but cool. Great feature on a, on a local adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to tell us about that happened this week? Yeah, absolutely. I'd actually love to highlight an op-ed, which I know we don't do very often, but we have a really interesting one this week that actually is related to that Cane Creek development that's you know been gaining a lot of attention recently. Yeah, so this was written by Sam Cunningham, who has a farm in town, and she was also a county commissioner in the 90s, correct? Yeah, so if folks haven't been following, um, this Cane Creek development is being built on a bunch of parcels, many of which have this highway commercial zoning, and that zone was implemented in 1992, back when the property was owned by Charlie Nelson. Um, And actually, the Times Independent and, you know, several local officials have been able to recover public documents from that 1992 rezone. And there appear to be some discrepancies between, you know, what was discussed in meetings around then, according to the minutes, and then what was actually written into an ordinance, you know, that was signed. And then those compared to the modern, the county's modern zoning map, there's still some discrepancies between that and the ordinance. Okay, so Charlie Nelson in the 90s, he went to the county commission, he wanted a piece of his land to be rezoned for commercial use. And then it ended up that more than what he asked for was rezoned commercial. Is that sort of what's going on here? Yeah, that's what appears to be correct, okay. anyways, according to these old documents. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what Sam wrote into us, so Sam Cunningham was a county commissioner at the time, so she's one of the three county commissioners who signed off on the final zone change. And she wrote us an op-ed saying that, you know, in her memory, um, the rezone was always supposed to be for just 10 acres. What actually got written into law was over 100 acres. Um, So Sam provides some really interesting background there about, you know, what the county was looking at then, you know, coming out of kind of the the uranium bust from the 1980s and just starting to see tourism impacting the area. What was, you know, in her memory, envisioned for Cane Creek and then, the question about what ended up happening and how it happened, you know, which is definitely still somewhat unanswered. Yeah. And maybe it's important background too, that the reason that Charles Nelson even wanted to do this rezone is because that area had become a really popular camping spot and he wanted to establish a real campsite with toilets and stuff like that. And in in order Mm -hmm. to do that, he needed to rezone it commercial. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. So that commercial zone was at the time, the only zone that allowed for campgrounds. It was called C3. And eventually that got converted into HC highway commercial later on when the county like redid its zoning. Um, Mm. It was C3 at the time. And the, um, the parcels had been completely zoned grazing, which they partially still are, you know, the parts that, um, didn't necessarily go through this rezone, but certainly a majority at this point is zoned highway commercial. Yeah, so it seems like that parcel has strayed from the intention of what it was supposed to be used for, what Charlie Nelson, you know, originally wanted that parcel to be used for when he went to the county commission originally. Yeah, yeah, that's how it looks right now, for yeah. sure. Is anyone at the county looking into this and trying to solve those discrepancies? Yeah, I mean, this was actually originally brought up by Kevin Walker, who's the commission vice chair at a meeting a couple weeks ago. And I checked in with Stephen Stocks, the county attorney, and he confirmed that his office is looking into the development. Um, and actually, I also received a statement from Mallory Nassau, who's the commission administrator, who also acknowledged the discrepancies between the legal language and the ordinance and the modern zoning map. And she said the county is also looking into 
into that and they're trying to dig up any historical documents they can to try to explain how those changes happened as well. Yeah. Um, because that's definitely like of concern to people. Yeah. Interesting. It's a good reminder to keep vigilant minutes notes yeah, <laughs> and whatever definitely. else. Yeah. I don't know how you would go about, you know, tracking all that information down, but good luck, Stephen Stocks. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I should say, this article is the first in a series that Sam Cunningham is going to write on this topic. So you can look forward to seeing more op-eds from her in the future. Sophia Fisher, reporter with The Times Independent. Find more stories at moabtimes.com. We're doing things a little bit differently for the newsreel moving forward. You won't be hearing from the Moab Sun News, but you can still find the reporting at moabsunnews.com. You can find the pieces that were mentioned today in the show notes on our website, kzmu.org, or wherever you listen to the KZMU News podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in and supporting KZMU, community-powered radio.